This is episode number 88 with the founder of Success Performance Solutions, published author and TEDx speaker, Ira Wolf. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side and I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now. Let's drop into the episode. Hey, hey, P2F listeners. Thank you so much for dropping into another episode with me. Today, I'm joined by Ira Wolf. Ira is a global thought leader on topics such as the future of work, HR, leadership. He's a published author. He's the founder of Success Performance Solutions, TEDx speaker, podcast host, geek skeezers, Googleization. He's an expert on many topics, but in this episode, I really wanted to pick his brain on several specific topics, one being the, the landscape of the labor force and how the pandemic has impacted that, what the future of the labor force looks like, what does that mean for employers, what does that mean for employees. The other thing I really wanted to dig into with Ira was his thoughts around adaptability and how you know we as people need to get comfortable with change in order to really thrive in the world that we live in today, which is very fast paced and ever changing. And so Ira shares a lot of what his company teaches to their clients around embracing a growth mindset, being like water and the adaptability quotient and, and what that means. So a lot of good information here. I could have filled three episodes worth of podcasts with my conversation with Ira, but uh, I know you'll get a lot of value from everything Ira has to share. Make sure to check out the links that we have posted in the show notes for more great information from Ira and his company. So with that, let's go ahead and drop in with my guest, Ira Wolf. All right, what's up, Path to Freedom listeners? Thanks for dropping in for another episode. I'm excited to introduce you today to Ira Wolf. Uh, Ira, thanks so much for making time to join me here on the Path to Freedom podcast. 
Hey, it'll be fun, Wes. Thanks very much. Love, love talking about this stuff. Yeah, well, I've been looking forward to, to having you. We had a chat a, a week or two ago and uh, excited to have you share some of your expertise with the audience. I think uh, the topics that you uh, specialize in are going to be very relevant to, to everyone listening to this show. So, you know, with that, for those that are maybe not familiar with you or your work, maybe kind of give us the 30,000 foot view on who you are and, and uh, what you focus on. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. So for I've got a company, Success Performance Solutions. Uh, I've had it for we're actually in our 27th year. Wow. Uh, we primarily focus on pre-hire and uh, pre-employment, pre-hire and leadership assessments. Okay. So we, we're, we're the guys that provide the personality, you know, anything from a typing test all the way up through can you run a, a Fortune 500 company, uh, you know, leadership style, emotional intelligence. And uh, most recently, we're doing a lot of work with the adaptability quotient. So that's been my life's work for the last uh, 25 years. But I have an, a bit of an eclectic background, which we can get into, I guess, uh, when we when we start talking. Yeah, well, I, I love, like I said, kind of your your area of focus today. And, and I know it's very relevant to, to those listening. But I've heard a little bit of your background. And so I do think it'd be worth spending a, a few minutes, you know, kind of talking about your journey to even getting to, to where you are today, but getting to the point where you started your company 27 years ago, because uh, from what I've heard, you did not start off on, on the typical, I guess, career trajectory that would, would land you running a company like this. Well, it certainly wasn't typical at the time as, as an older baby boomer, uh, you know, at, at an age where you, you, you went to high school and, and maybe you had a diploma and, and then you had a job and that job you had for 30 or 40 years and, and you retired. Uh, I actually started my career as a dentist. So I, I somewhere in fifth grade, they went around the room. Many of you may, many of you recall this is what do you want to be when you grow up? And for some reason, I said I was going to be a dentist. And then I guess I was too stubborn to, to change that. <laughs> Anytime somebody asks, you still want to be a dentist? And I go, sure. And so I, I went through, uh, you know, I went through college. I went through dental school. I actually had a residency. I, I, but I ended up uh, getting my master's in, in leadership along the way. Uh, I loved everything about dentistry, but dentistry. Uh, but today, <laughs> that's not atypical. I mean, people start, start and stop, start and stop. Uh, they they go to college, they get a degree. Uh, I, I don't remember the percentage, but there's a high, high percentage of people who graduate with a certain uh, major. And that's not the field that they go into. Yeah. You know, you start with philosophy and go into business. You can start with business and go into philosophy or humanity sure. or something else. Uh, so maybe I was a little ahead of my time uh, because although everyone says, what, how did you make that leap from dentistry to business. I mean, yeah. what did, in fact, that was a, a common question I got at the beginning. What do you know about, what do you know about business? I mean, you went to, did you take business courses in dental school? And the answer is I did, but not because you don't get those in dental school. Sure. And I didn't get really good courses in college either. There was like economics one, economics two, you learned all the theory. Sure. Uh, but I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and business people and marketing people, retail, everybody owned, a, actually all my aunts and uncles and grandparents owned retail stores. So it sort of was in the blood. Yeah. Uh, but dentistry was, I mean, if you run it, if it's, if you do it properly, uh, dentist, my dental practice was a business. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, I had to hire people. We had, I had 16 employees at one point. Uh, we had, we, we, we had unusual hours we were open long, you know, in the morning, we were open at night, yeah. open weekends. So I had different staff, different staff. I had part-time and full-time employees. They rotated. We had different teams that worked together. Uh, it was all about customer service. It was marketing. I opened up similar to what we're talking about now in a recession, high inflation. Mm -hmm. uh, on, well, we had different types of unemployment. <laughs> then we actually had unemployment. Um, but the com you know companies were laying off, um, shutting down the biggest employer in my town. The day I opened, laid off for the first time in their history. Perfect uh, they were timing. in the manufacturing business. Perfect timing. Yeah. Right. My my. Well, this this will seem crazy because of what interest rates are now. When I opened my practice in 1980, uh, I took a, a float. I had a prime plus four percent. Okay. Yeah. And I said I'm going to fix it because I want to know what my expense was. Right. I fixed the rate at 14 percent. Whoa. 
had, because um, Prime at the time was 10, had I waited, because it was going up just, just like the stock of the markets today, and yeah. just like inflation, every day the, the Fed was increasing it by a quarter or a half percent to try to control things. If I would have waited my opening and floated it, had a variable rate, yeah. My my rate would have been over 19%. Holy because, cow. Because the prime was like 14 or 15. Yeah. Uh, it, it was bizarre, but I knew I had an expense. This is what I had to cover every month. I didn't have to worry about it going up and down. Yeah. So you kind of want to we, know we what that fixed expense times. is. Yeah. yeah. But those are the things. It's like, how did you make the leap from dentistry to business? I had to deal with all that stuff. Well, I'm opening sure. in a. Yeah, I'm opening in a crazy time and you mark you market. I market, I, I had teams, I marketed. Um and, and again, we we weren't allowed to advertise back then. Oh, really? Yeah, you wait, you when I talk about marketing, I'm talking about relationship building, sure, getting out in the community, volunteering, um, you know, doing th that type of thing. And I had no budget. I mean, I <laughs> you know, I, I had school debt, I had two young kids, we just bought a home. I mean, I didn't have money to to spend on big advertising uh so you did the things you needed to do that's all those are all transferable skills when Absolutely. i started this business i started it the same way it was about relationships about community it was about building a team it's about hiring right uh it was about volunteering it's about speaking um and you know that's that and we, we talk now about reskilling and upskilling and transferable skills that's what I did. I just did it 40 years ago yeah. or, or 25 years ago. Well, it's I'm, I'm glad we touched on that because I, I think it's very relevant, especially like you said, you know, things have changed over the last, you know, several decades, at least where most people are not spending their entire working career, uh, you know, on one job track or with one company, people are are changing more frequently. And so, you know, understanding what are these transferable skill sets that I can learn you know, as you know, I work with people in evaluating franchise opportunities. So my wife and I own franchise businesses. And, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions I run into with, when I'm working with people is, you know, they may look at a particular franchise business and say, well, Wes, you know, seems like a, a, a cool business or whatever, but I, I don't have any experience in that industry. And, and what I tell most people is, Look, because I work with a lot of executives that that are you know looking to transition out of corporate America, you know have had P and L responsibilities, led and managed teams, all of that. Those are transferable skill sets, and most franchise companies are not looking necessarily for their franchise owners to have any any prior experience in whatever industry they're in. They're looking for these certain skill sets that will translate. And, and so that's something that once I can kind of help people understand that it clicks and they, they, they realize, Hey, there's, there's a lot more opportunities out there that could actually make sense for me. Cause I don't necessarily need that, that relevant industry experience. It's the skill set I've developed over 20, 30 years working in corporate America and, and so forth. So um, to me, that, that makes a lot of sense, but to your point, you were probably ahead of your time. So, I mean, I guess a couple questions to, to, to unpack this a little bit, what was it that, that led you to make the change? You mentioned early that, that you didn't really love dentistry, but to your point, you probably had student loans. You had a lot of money into this practice that you had started. Sounds like a, a fairly young family at the time. So I would imagine that was a very scary thought to say, hey, I'm going to completely shift course here and uh, and throw away years and years and years of school and work to get to where I am today and and do a complete 180 and, and go in a different direction. So what led to that? How did you have the courage to to push through? You know what I would imagine there there was some fear, uncertainty and doubt, you know, at, at play there. Um, and then also, I guess the, the follow up to that is. How did you choose what you're doing now or did that? just kind of fall in, into place in, in front of you. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, the yeah. one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll take off the table and maybe I was just naive uh, and, and you know, was it, a, it was actually a really smooth transition, but I probably should have done a little bit better planning. Uh, but the reality is I wasn't scared. I mean, I had the confidence is I made a decision. I'm going to move on. This is what I'm going to do. People say, 
uh, you know, what, what do you know about that? Are you going to keep your license? What if it doesn't work out? And that wasn't an option for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically knew what, what I was going to create uh, would work, and it, but it was a journey. Yeah. It wasn't that here's my plan and I'm going out all out for bus. Uh, I st- when I started, uh, the original name of the company was actually Busy Practice, B-U-S-I Practice. It was putting business in practice. And it was really targeting uh, uh, professionals, dentists, okay. physicians, accountants, attorneys who hate, they, they love what they do, but they hate the business, which was sure. the opposite of what I did. Yeah, And I realized that after a year or two, uh, I was a little ahead of my time. Um, most of them didn't want to change. They just wanted me to be their their assistant. Or <laughs> can you take all the business decisions except for anything that had to do with money? Sure. So I want yeah. you to fix everything on no budget. Uh, you know, I don't want to spend anymore. Uh, can you fix that employee? Uh, but I, I don't have enough. I don't have any. But don't money touch to really- my money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Tough so I do. realized that wasn't the path. What I really enjoyed doing from the transition was I had always used assessments. I always liked that part, even in, in my practice. So I, again, a little ahead of my time as a professional, uh, we were using the DISC. Uh, many of mm-hmm. some of your uh, uh, listeners may be familiar with that, the DISC. I mean, I was using that in the 80s uh, to help understand uh, because we had so many different employees working with different people. How do we understand each other? How do we communicate better? How do we use that uh, to create a present, better presentation? Uh, how do we get people who are afraid to understand what, you know, what language, what words, what body tone uh, or body language we should be using? So I, I really dug into that. But I realized I love the assessment side. I love the diagnosis. That, I, that was the part I liked best about dentistry. I liked helping people. Mm-hmm. I liked figuring out problems that other people couldn't figure out. Uh, and I, I like just, you know, helping improve their life, their health. Sure. Uh, so uh, the assessments just was a natural integration. And I realized uh, shortly thereafter that, uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to have a business that, that evolves around assessment. So we started with DISC and then we added a second one. And, you know, I, I, got certified in a number of different tools and, and then was introduced to the personality, some of the personality tools that could be used for hiring, mm-hmm. got into cognitive testing because as things got more complicated as the life we're living in now, you have, sometimes you don't have to think on your feet. There are certain jobs you can just go in and do the same thing over and over again. Not very tactical. Yeah. Uh, other, other jobs, you have to think on your feet all the time. If you're, if you're going into franchisee, if you're going to be a business owner, you know, as they say, as, as I say, shift happens. Uh, shift happens. And, yes, yeah. yes, it does. Yeah, shift happens, and it, it, it unexpected. You know what? It, it it could be anything from bad weather to somebody quits to you know the electric doesn't go on that day to you know I we're living a digital world. We lose the internet right yeah. at yeah. the time. Uh, I remember. Uh, Two years, it was actually two years ago in the summer during the pandemic. I was interviewing a really high profile guy uh, on my podcast, and uh, I really loved talking to him. And I went, ran out to go to the restroom, to to the bathroom. Uh, My office is in in my basement. Ran out, and as I opened the door, there's about an inch of water coming into my office. Oh, no. And he's all scheduled. So I, I ran back in and introduced them and then i knew he would talk he would talk on his own and actually took my <laughs> camera off muted myself and went out and we have a whole grabbed a whole bunch of towels and threw them and barricaded the door there you go and every and then i'd ask him a question and went back out and it actually worked out but it's stuff like that thinking you on your feet to yeah. be able to think on your feet uh, and realize that was a gift i had but not everybody does mm-hmm. and then also recognizing not everybody needs that skill. I mean, everybody needs to be able to think quicker, mm-hmm. but they don't have to think. Not everybody's going to work on the, you know, be an arbitrageur on Wall Street. Not everybody's going to have to, is going to be a trauma physician in, in an emergency center. Some jobs just don't require you to do that. Some people aren't comfortable doing that. I obviously was, uh, and that's that sort of was the journey. But I learned all those things about myself, and then I learned those things about other people. But I love the diagnostics, the assessment business. I joke, I say, you know, now we, I, I sell assess, I do a business assessments, 
And, um, but the insurance doesn't cover it, you know, before I used to do differential diagnosis and it did cover it, but it's the same skill. When you yeah. think about it, it's, it analytical, makes sense. it's critical thinking. It's analytical thinking. Yeah. 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 It, it makes sense. And, and, uh, you know, kind of talking through it, I, I can see how, you know, the pieces kind of fell into place. So, you know, there, there's really kind of like two topics and, and you and I talked beforehand, they, they really go hand in hand, but two topics in particularly, I'd love to, to pick your brain on again, you know, knowing it'll be very relevant to the audience. So, you know, one of the things you talk a lot about is the future of work and what does that look like for employers? What does that look like for employees? Um, that is something that, that, you know, obviously if you turn on the news, read the news, uh, you know, talk to anyone that owns a business, you're hearing a lot in this day and time about how difficult it is to find people to work. Uh, yet, unemployment is very, very low. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you're seeing, you know, what dynamics are at play? Uh, you know, what role did the pandemic, you know, play in some of this in terms of just kind of getting us to the, uh, you know, landscape that we're in today when it comes to employers and employees? And, and also, you know, how do you think that impacts us going forward? Yeah, for sure. So we, I describe it as we're living in the never normal. So people want to go back to normal. They want to they they want a new normal. The, the new the new normal is never normal. It's going yeah. to be in a constant state of flux. Now, there may be periods when it's a little slower, changes a little slower, a little less disruptive, but it's going to be constantly never normal. And we need to become much better at, at accepting that uh, the, the, the passion to to look you know, living life, looking through a rearview mirror is, is, you know, you're eventually going to crash uh, right. into something. Yeah. So we, we need to become more comfortable than never normal. As far as, far as you know, the, the labor market, I mean, there's a lot to, that you said to unpack there. Um, we're, when, when I started my career, uh, and even before that, there was our, our population looked like a pyramid. The largest number of the largest percentage of the population uh, of an age group was, you know, zero to four and then four to eight and, and going through. So at, you reached the peak at about 65 and there was very, very few uh, people living beyond 65 years old. You know, now we have people live, well living over to 100. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty common to have relatives, uh, neighbors, family uh, in their 90s, maybe even 100 in, the, in their 100 years old. And at one time, that was an exception. What's happened is, is the, the, the population pyramid is no longer a pyramid. It looks like a barbell. So you have a large number of people under 18 years old, and you have a large number of people, a larger number of people over uh, 65 years old. And that, that part's really growing because we have an aging economy. Yeah. The reality is, is there's, there's, there's less, there are more people working, but we have more people, more dependents, more people on either end that are not working that have to be supported. So we need teachers and we need caregivers on either yeah. end. Yeah. And then we yeah. need all the other services that are going to do that. So we're going to have shortages for a really, really long time. And I can, we can spend the rest. I, I can talk for another hour uh, just on the dynamics of this, but for anyone who thinks that the workforce uh, that we're just in a little blip, we lived through a similar situation in the past um, that somebody has a, a people farm that we can go shake the trees and, and qualified people are just going to fall out and we can harvest <laughs> them. Um, is really kidding themselves. Yeah. It's just not there. The unemployed right now, for the first time in history, for many jobs, many industries, uh, the the unemployment is below zero percent. It's not three point. It's not three percent. It's not four percent. It's not five percent. It's literally zero because there's more people. There are more jobs than people. There are more jobs open than people looking. Uh, one example: cybersecurity. There's six hundred thousand open jobs. They estimate it by 2025, which is only three years away, there'll be 3.5 million open cybersecurity jobs. Uh, there, we have we have massive shortages. Healthcare uh, is also underwater. Uh, there, skilled skilled labor in manufacturing. If you're in manufacturing business, it's mm -hmm. underwater. Yeah. And then if you go into you know, a lot of franchises look at retail, hospitality. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of those industries are frontline workers. Uh, you don't need a BA to do a lot of the jobs that a lot of franchises franchises hire. The the problem is is that the number of people without a BA 
a, a bachelor's degree is declining. It's actually the only segment of the population of the workforce that's actually declining. So yeah. people are coming out of school with lots of debt. They're going mm-hmm. to, and I'm, I'm not an advocate. I'm not saying, oh, you don't need to go to school to get a job because those are sure. generally lower paying jobs. Sure. But the problem is, is when once you go to school to get some basic skills, you also now have debt and then you've got a, a wage problem. So it, it's really, really complicated and complex. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to my original statement. It's never, it's, it's never going to be normal again. And the people who are thriving and will grow and thrive, and it is very possible to do that, are just going to have to be accept that and become more nimble, more agile, more adaptable, uh, and, and become better business people. Yeah. But some really, really interesting points. And, and it, it is a very complex matter. Um, but, but it's interesting to, to hear, you know, your perspective on that. And I hadn't really looked at it in terms of, of how the population has changed so drastically. Um, but, but it makes a lot of sense the way you laid it out. And, you know, the other thing is the the cost of education has gone up dramatically, you know, over the last 10 years. So not only does, does the degree not, you know, not that it ever guaranteed you a job, but it's, it's less of a guarantee today, you know, that that degree is going to help you get a higher paying job than it was, years ago, but you've got kids with more debt that they're, they're looking to pay off. So um, definitely agree that, that adaptability is key. Um, You know, you, you use some other terms when you're talking about some of these topics, I've heard you use the term Googleization. Um, So, and, and, you know, I want to kind of understand what you mean by that, but I would also imagine that technology has had a big impact on the labor landscape you know, over the last, you know, 10 years or so as well. So what, when you talk about Googleization, kind of what, what are you referring to with that? Yeah, Google, I came up with the term Googleization and literally it it started out as an alliteration. Um, I was writing a book uh, in the eighties. I had my first book was perfect labor storm. And it was really about what was happening now. It was, it was what, what was going to be happening in the labor markets, in the job markets in 20 or 30 years. So I I started to talk about that in the early twenties and here we are, uh, or in the early two thousands. And here we are 20 years later. Uh, And, and by the way, you had, you had a question and I didn't answer it about the pandemic. How did the pandemic, the pandemic didn't cause anything we're experiencing now. What it did was it ripped back the curtain on yeah. how fragile and vulnerable we were. All these trends, uh, I'm not the only one. In fact, I won't even say that I, I did all the research on it. I, I, um, I pulled the research together uh, and, and studied other people. And that was my perfect labor storm. But the reality is, is all these trends were happening. And the event, the, the, it was going to happen by 2030. And the pandemic just accelerated. Expedited it. So, yeah. So we're, we're, we're just there. Uh, but, you know, going, ba- I, going back to Googleization, uh, when I was talking about the perfect labor storm, everybody was, was talking about Gen X and then the millennials and pointing fingers and gaslighting. And, and you know, the millennials were responsible for everything evil in the world <laughs> and everything bad. And, you know, and uh, I, so I wrote a book about the four generations. Now we have six generations in the workplace, um, but we had four generations and millennials were the new group coming up. And it was going to be called Geeks and Geezers, but somebody else had that. Uh, uh, so I, I looked and it was going to be Geeks, Geezers and Technology. And uh, one one shower moment, I think, or driving down the highway, sure. Yeah, I heard something and it's like Google, something about ization and it's like Googleization. Um, and so Googleization became my, the subtitle of my book was the, the convergence of the wire, the tired and technology. Okay. And um, it, it just evolved. It caught on people like you were asking what's Googleization. So uh, it, now it's still the, the convergence of the wire, tired and technology, but broader than that, it became the convergence of people, business and technology um, because going back to the labor markets, about two thirds of all jobs will be one third automated. Um, and that's continuing. Now, that doesn't mean that that job will be eliminated. Right. That means that you uh, one third of your time will require the utilization of digital skills or things that you used to do that you could do over and over again in your sleep will now be done auto, will now be auto, uh, done through technology or using right. technology. But that means that person, in order to be skilled, in order to keep their job, is going to have to be 
at using technology. Yep. And we have a big problem because uh, a th one third of manufacturing workers and one third of, of um, healthcare workers are digitally illiterate. Mm. Um, they grew up at a time, and you hear this all the time, uh, they grew up at a time when you, 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 it was all about people. You didn't need to do that. It was yeah. basically in manufacturing, it was brawn over brain. Uh, in healthcare, it was just about caring for people, being bedside, doing all those things. But now even to get a job, how do you, how do you apply for a job if oh you can't? if you can't get to the internet, if you yeah. don't yeah. know how to use a smartphone. So how many people do you see that still have flip phones? They can't apply to the jobs that are out there. And if you show up at a place of business to, to apply for a job, they're going to tell you to go online because they don't have paper tools. Sure. Uh, they don't have paper applications anymore. So there's a real... It, Again, just one more reason that we're that we're experiencing all these issues. But Googleization, long way around there. Googleization was just the convergence of business technology and people, and uh, the the pandemic certainly pulled that back because now we're 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 talking about hybrid work and remote work and people not wanting to go back to work, and that's only possible um, because we we have a convergence. Yeah, it makes sense. Are are you seeing that? Because because it it definitely resonates with me that you know certain portions of the workforce have, you know, been slower to adapt when it comes to embracing and learning technology, and that's going to have a, a negative impact on their ability to get good jobs. Have you seen, have you seen the flip side of that? Have you seen certain industries or types of businesses that, that have maybe not been as quick to embrace technology and incorporate it into to their way of doing business and they're, they're maybe suffering because of that? Well, yeah, I think you saw that a lot during the pandemic. I mean, and again, some of them may have been in the franchise business, uh, retail, hospitality. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, people resisted. Uh, people wanted to come in, pick up. Uh, I mean, everything was done manually. And then all of a sudden is uh, how do you order? Um, you know, how do you prepare the food? Uh, you can't find workers. So there's there's pizza shops that that have uh, robots doing pizzas. There's yeah, bars yeah. that have uh you know, robotic uh, uh, bartenders. It's not commonplace, and people still. You, you can just go back to a, a restaurant or, or a bar or a hotel or, or, or some some form of entertainment, and and people like the people engagement. Sure, sure. But there's a lot of tasks that don't have to to that don't require people. I mean, even an event, a ticket planner, you know, or, or somebody that that collects your tickets. You know, yeah. now it's done yeah. through a scan. Mm -hmm. um, you can order online. Uh, you can even go into an event through clear and you don't even, it, it could all be automated and, you know, that eliminates jobs and that's going to continue uh, because, uh, but it also, it also means that instead of the, the ticket seller or the cashier, um, we're going to need people that can install, can manufacture, install, repair, maintain update uh, all these all, all the technology yeah that's a great point because I think a lot of people you know when they they think about technology replacing jobs that that people have historically done they, they don't necessarily think about well that'll create additional need for other types of jobs it won't just eliminate x amount of jobs and not create you know, uh, additional jobs to go with that. And, and to your point, a lot of, a lot of the technology that will be implemented will still need a person. It just won't necessarily be a hundred percent of that person's time spent on one task. Um, and so I know people complain about that all the time, uh, Wes. I mean, they, they talk about, uh, you know, and like in healthcare, oh, it's so impersonal. And now you have all these charts, but, but the reality is, is that without the technology, we want to be living like we do. And, and people get really, really upset when they go to the hospital and they have to wait a long time. Well, the reasons that they have to wait a long time is one is there's a shortage of, 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 of providers yeah, and yeah. nursing staff and so forth. But some of it is they're tight. What was the one thing that everybody hated to do every time they went to a, to a doctor or emergency room? You had to fill out paperwork. Yeah. Okay. So it took forever. And then people had to pull out their insurance cards and then somebody had to type it in and do all that stuff. You can do that online, and if it was stored 
in a central database, it's all there. And all I have to do is, is search for your name and pull it up. And it's like, oh, we have all your information. And that saves 10 or 15 minutes per patient, which is a ton of money. Um, so even something like that, but even, even, the, even the treatments of so many treatments are, are based on technology. Yeah. A lot of yeah. the new drugs, uh, the vaccine. I mean, the vaccine that we had, and, and we, we can get into a whole debate because some people, you know, thought that there was it from aliens and and, <laughs> and, and and other things. But the reality is it was manufactured. We didn't have to wait 10 years to and have a live virus tested and, and people die from that. They were able to manufacture, take a 10-year process down to nine months uh, and, and create a vaccine that has been very, very effective. So there's, and, and who knows now we got monkeypox, but you know, who yeah. knows what there's, it's inevitable that we're going to have other diseases, other conditions, other threats that are going to, that we're going to be able to handle faster and better yeah. through technology. But then everybody says, Oh yeah, we want it for that, but we don't want it in our, we don't want the rest. Of, we don't, yeah. we don't, don't want to change what our job is, but we want everybody else's jobs to change to make our life better. And yeah, can't have your cake and eat it too, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, this is fascinating. And, and you know, like you said, we could talk about this for hours, but, you know, I want to make sure we have a chance to, to hit on a few other topics that I think you can really uh, provide some good insight into. And, and one of those is, you know, around a TED talk that you did, I think it was a few years ago, I watched it when preparing for this, but the title of the TED talk was Make Change work for you, right? And so we've just spent the last 15 or 20 minutes talking about all of the change that has happened with the, the labor landscape and, and technology and, and how that's impacting businesses and people's lives. And, you know, you've made several comments alluding to the fact that, you know, none of this means that, that we can't continue to grow and thrive and, and, and be successful. We just have to really be willing to adapt and, and change. And I, I think I read, or maybe you said it in the Ted talk, you know, we need to be like water. So, you know, talk to us a little bit more about, you know, your thoughts around, you know, how, how important is, is this mindset in this day and age for people? And, and what advice would you have for, for anyone that may be struggling a little bit with, with adapting, you know, to changes that we need to make? Yeah, I, I wish I, I had talked about be water in my TED talk, but that's been an evolution because it's like how I, I, I'm this continual journey. And I think that's part of it is that I'm always trying to how do we tweak the message? How do we get other yeah. people? And then and I, uh, I was introduced to be water, uh, be water, my friend. Uh, and that's from Bruce Lee. For, yep. So we're familiar with Bruce Lee. And, and it's about the water takes the shape of the container you're in. Yes. And our containers have changed. So imagine uh, that wouldn't, whatever time anybody's listening to this, uh, you can be, be pouring water into a juice glass, you can pour it into a bottle, you can pour it into a wine bottle, a martini glass, a shot glass, what, whatever it is. Uh, and it, it, the water takes the shape, but the water also has multiple states. So depending on the environment, uh, it could be solid, it could be liquid, or it could be a gas. Uh, it also can, you can pour, you can, it can drip, or it can pour like a waterfall. And, and, yeah. and come crashing down. So it is being, we need to be like water. And, and part of that was the theme that, that I work on uh, is, is adaptability. How do, what, what are the skills that we need as individuals to grow and thrive? And, and at the core of it, uh, there's five, and people are probably familiar with some of them, like grit and resilience. So grit is we need perseverance to keep going. Resilience, we need the ability to about bounce back. But the one, the one that runs across all these themes, and it's the biggest struggle that people have, is called the growth mindset. It comes from the work of Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. You can look that up. Yeah. Uh, and she talked about a fixed and a growth mindset. And, and really, I, it was something I had to overcome and understand uh, that you know, I was a good student. I tried hard. Uh, people said, oh, you're just smart. Things will come easy to you. And then all of a sudden, you start to believe that. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I try this and I fail, people will think I'm not as good as I thought I was. If I take this, if I take this hard, really hard class in college and actually learn something and not just go for the A or the 4.0, um, I'll, I'll, maybe I won't get a 4.0, but I'll only get a three or a 2.5. 
and that'll harm my chances, to, you know, for the future. So we all of a sudden start to only do things that are easy or make yeah. us look good. Yeah. And we yeah. stop learning. That worked in the past when things changed a lot slower and they weren't disruptive. Uh, a growth mindset requires that we have to take risks. And again, if you're going to enter a franchise, I don't care, even, even if it's a franchise, there's a risk. Absolutely. It, uh, you have to evaluate the risk. You're going to make some mistakes. It's going to be a journey. Uh, what you what you think is going to be your plan this year can be completely disrupted, just like as it wasn't two years ago. And those things, those disruptions are going to continue. So you have to be willing to, to not only continuously learn, but also unlearn the mistakes, the, the things that you thought would work, but they're not going to work. So you have to tweak them or just push them into the back of your brain somewhere. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to continually learn new ways. And, and ultimately, you, you have to start looking at things as not a mistake, um, but as, as, a, as a, a chapter, a new learning chapter. Hey, yeah. I tried it. Uh, and that's, I didn't realize it at the time. That's how I looked at dentistry. People say, you you invest, you spend all the, now it's a drop in the bucket, but at the time you spent all this money, you spent hundreds of thousand dollars. I built a building. Um, I had real estate. Uh, I invested, you know, 18 years of my life, my education. I was certified in multiple specialties. Uh, I did all that. And then I'm just going to walk away. Yeah. And I, no, I just, I just started a new chapter. I didn't erase it. It wasn't a mistake. I learned a lot of things. I had a good life. Uh, I was able to raise my kids and and send them, to, you know, to college and do all those things. And then it was time to have a new chapter. Yep. And we're just going to have a lot of a, a lot of new chapters. So, growth mindset is is really really important. And that's where I've spent my time the last two or three years helping people develop that. And we just launched a, a new, a new coaching product uh, that has to, that has to do with helping people understand what it is and, and get started. Well, I, I love that topic and, and I think it's so important. So I've, I've read, you know, Carol Dweck, I have three young kids. Our oldest is five. And, and the biggest thing I try to work on with our daughter is, you know, getting comfortable trying new things, whether it's trying new food. She's at that age where she only wants to eat like the same handful of things that she knows she likes, you know, riding her bike. She's, she does gymnastics and stuff and it's constantly just trying to instill in her that it's okay if you try something and it doesn't work out, right? You just get up and you try again. And, and the more you're willing to, to try new things that are hard and uncomfortable, the better you'll get. And, and the biggest thing Oh, I say the biggest thing. One of the the big takeaways I had from that book was how important it is to to try to teach kids at a young age that yeah, if you do well in school, it's because you worked hard at it, not because you're just naturally smart and and you know you didn't have to put any work in to get that result. Um, but I, I think you know this this applies to any aspect of our lives, right? It certainly applies to business, you know, in entrepreneurship, whether it's a franchise or not there are going to be curveballs thrown at you. There are going to be bumps in the road there, you know, shift will happen for sure. <laughs> right. So uh, you gotta be, you gotta be comfortable, um, you know, getting knocked down, getting back up. You gotta be comfortable trying new things, getting out of your comfort zone. And, and so I think developing that mindset is the the biggest thing that, that someone can do uh, to put themselves in a position to thrive and, and, you know, to, all the points you've made today, especially in the day and age that, that we live in now, because things are just changing so quickly. Um, and you just mentioned a, a new, you know, course or program that you guys are putting together, um, you know, without giving away too much of the, the secret sauce, I guess, kind of one of my, my final questions for you would be, you know, what advice would you give to someone that, that is kind of at a point where they know they need to make some big changes, right? Whether that's, you know, walking away from from corporate America and starting a business or, you know, just big changes in other aspects of their life. But, you know, they haven't quite, you know, gotten comfortable with that growth mindset. And, and you know, one thing or another is just kind of holding them back from from making changes that in their heart they know they really need to make. Any advice for for someone out there struggling with that to kind of, you know, take some steps to to push through? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's all going to focus on this. And, and you know, the, again, I, I did it on my own. It sounds like you did it on your own. You read, you know, 
go go by go by the book go listen to uh carol dweck's ted talk yeah. uh there, there's a ton of stuff just look up growth mindset mindset and you'll you'll you can fill 24 hours every day just reading the materials about it because it yeah. is so powerful uh the so there's there's a lot of people who focus on it um you know we what we're doing is we have a 30-day coaching program uh, and uh, 20 out of the 30 days, there's an email, there's a TED Talk, there's an article that people can read. Uh, it's an introduction. There's some article. There's some exercises in there. We're going to have. Um, uh, we're going to do a webinar uh, group session once a month for people to, to share and to talk about that as we as we build up some mass uh, within that. But it's an easy step. I mean, it's an easy way to get started, and uh, you can actually. There's we have a short demo that you get four days to see what it looks like. Uh, oh, cool. If you want to do that, we have an intro program going on right now too. Uh, so there's a couple bonuses that we throw in there. But if you go to AQ plus mindset, uh, AQ is adaptability quotient. Yeah. AQ plus mindset.com. Uh, it'll give you more information on that. And then if you click on one of the links, it'll take you show you what the intro program is. And if anybody has any question, they'll be able to you know, reach out. The links will be in the in the podcast and everything. And yeah. uh, just reach out to me. I'd be happy to, to do that. Yeah, uh, we're working yeah, with individuals and companies on that. OK, that, that's awesome. And, and you know, like you said, it's it's a fairly easy step. And, and one of the things you mentioned I, I would highlight is, you know, number one, just consuming information right i mean it's it's what we what we take in is is what our output is so you know if you're consuming information you know from people around topics that are aligned with what you're trying to accomplish it'll shift the way you you think about things um but you know in the program you're rolling out you know having group webinars and stuff like that i mean you know, one thing I've learned is the power of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And if you surround yourself with people that are working towards similar goals to you, that also probably means they're dealing with similar challenges and struggles to you. They can relate, they can share advice, best practices. You know, in, in both of the franchise businesses we own, we have, you know, ownership groups where franchisees from different parts of the country just talk to each other and, and help each mm -hmm. other. And sometimes it's just refreshing to know that there's someone in California dealing with the same bullshit that we're dealing with uh, here in North Carolina as it relates to, to that particular business. And so I think, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people is, is a great way to, to start taking some steps towards, you know, really embracing that growth mindset. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how do you how do you attract people? How do you keep people uh, employees? And the the number one reason, one of the number one reasons that people leave an organization uh, or quit uh, is because they don't feel they belong. Yeah, uh, they may share the same values, but it's not culture. It's community that people want to feel mm -hmm. that they belong to something, not just share similar thoughts and, and values and beliefs. Um, but they want to be feel that they're part of it. So a belonging is is a real key, and uh, you know that's part of it. So we we hope to build that. Um, but you, but you're not going to belong if you don't have an open mind. Um, and I mean, if, if you're just going to look for people that that believe that it's a dystopic future, uh, the world's coming to an end, how horrible everything is. Uh, yeah, you can belong to that group, um, but it's but it, it's not going forward. For yeah, sure. it's it's just uh, you know surrounding yourself with with misery um, versus looking to to get better and improve because we see the same thing in in both of the franchise companies that we own and, and every brand is the same but there's owners that are like minded in the sense that they they have that growth mindset and they're constantly looking for ways to get better even though the business isn't perfect and it's got challenges and then there are owners that would rather sit around and just kind of you know, bitch and moan about, oh, well, you know, corporate's not doing enough for me. The economy's bad. We can't hire good people, inflation, et cetera, et cetera, instead of actually doing anything about it. And we just learned a long time ago, you know, which of those camps we want to be in. Um, and so I think that's that's important to realize, too. And I like what you said. It's it's not culture. It's community. Um, so, well, Ira, this has been great. Um, we'll definitely put links in the show notes for your company's website. And if you want to send me the links for the, the course, we'll, we'll make sure to make that easy for people to find too. Um, 
I'm going to put a link to your TED talk as well to make it easy for people to Thank find you. that because I, I I got a lot out of that. Uh, you also host a podcast. Quickly tell us a little bit about your podcast, uh, where people can find it and, and what they can expect to hear on, on your show. Yeah, the podcast, we well, we, we talked about the name, not the podcast, but it's Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, every week we talk about people, uh, about again, about people, technology, uh, and the convert and business and the convergence of that. We've been spending a lot of time uh, talking about well-being and health and and retention and work-life balance and you know all, all the things that are that are, are so important to uh, people now and, and still trying to figure it out. Obviously, we talk well, the theme behind it is always about the never normal. How do we grow yeah. and thrive in that? Uh, and it's available on you know Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you, you name it, wherever you all listen the to spots. a podcast. All the yeah, spots. Yep. Very good. Very good. Well, anything you want to leave the audience with before we uh, wrap this one up today? No, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and thanks uh, for sharing. And uh, hopefully uh, everybody will at least think about uh, developing their growth mindset. Um, please reach. Uh, I'm super active on LinkedIn. Um, okay. I'm there all the time. So you be, feel free to connect with me. Tell me, you know, tell, tell me you, you heard us on, you know, with Wes and and uh, I'll definitely connect with you, uh, but uh, we'll we'll put all the other links of how to reach me and uh, reach out. I got a real active YouTube channel, too. So it's it's actually YouTube.com forward slash Ira Wolf. Uh, okay. And uh, a lot of the videos are up there uh, and all my podcasts are up there as well. Beautiful. Well, we'll get all that linked up, make it easy for people to find you and get more of the content that you're putting out. But Ira, really appreciate you making time uh, to join me on the show. I know the audience is going to get a ton of value from it. I know I have and uh, appreciate everything that you're doing. I think you're definitely, uh, you know, helping everyone that you interact with and everyone that consumes what you're putting out. So keep up the good work. Hey, thanks very much, Wes. Good luck. And don't let the shift hit your plans. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2.com frdm.com and if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello feel free to contact me at wes at path the number two frdm.com thanks again now go drop in